Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Saturdays in Tassie with David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves. Clubs last night it was firing awesome this morning. Send us a text on 0437 535. Before we get to Brad Cox, good you with a couple coming through. Uh, this is from our old mate Flash on the Trade. Morning, lads. I think you'll find there's more support here in the northwest coast for a multi purpose stadium you think. I'm seeing strong support. Admittedly, my circles are the sporting circles, but it's here. Cheers from Flash from the Trade. Yes, I've thought that when I've been down the coast recently, heading back down. Tomorrow, Flash. And this one here from Anonymous. Uh, all major cricket and footy goes to Mac Point. Bore it becomes an unviable white elephant. Cricket Taz holding the can before they own it. The government will buy it through stadiums of Tasmania and sell it to the public by making the venue into a multi-sports community health and maybe housing hub. Keep them coming through. Great to have you in the conversation this morning. 0437 Without further ado, it's time to have a chat to five-time Premiership player, champion, North Launceston Tasmanian footballer, Brad Cox Goodyear, the newest employee of the Tassie footy team. Good morning, Bradley. G'day, mate. How are you going? I'm really well, thank you, mate. Um, firstly, how are you going? I imagine you've been in this process for a little while uh, in terms of the role and interviews, etc., you must be feeling on top of the world, mate. Congratulations to you. Uh, no, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, it's, all, it's been a little bit of a process. Um, but I guess when we're, we're talking about potentially the first draft days out of our academy to our AFL club, um, I guess they got to get the process right. And I'm, yeah, super grateful to obviously be successful in that. And, um, yeah, just uh, looking forward to really sinking my teeth into it. When, when you've thought about, you know, what you're going to do, your, your probably footy career is... Maybe it's it's closer to the end than the start. You've been a, a captain coach of North Lonnie. You've premiership coach. Um, you're all of those things. You're you're obviously stepping away from that now. What 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 have you been thinking about with your after footy? Was it, it was the kids a, a natural thing that you thought you might do? Keeping the options open. What have you been? What's been your thought process the last little bit? No, there's obviously been a fair bit put into it, but I think I think the major thing for me is my, my in my personal development is, um, you know, with obviously the state league coming to an end and stuff, progressing with my my coaching, um, it probably wasn't going to be necessarily there. So uh, when these opportunities came up and you know we started talking about working with like our most talented uh, kids between 12 and 15. Um, through the state, you know, that really lit a fire under me because I think what I've learned over my few years of coaching is. Uh, working with those young, talented athletes um, and the ones that have the real drive and passion to better themselves is what it really excites me and drives me because I love working with motivated people and uh, what better place to start with than their, our next generation. So, yeah, um, yeah, the role is super attractive to me and, um, yeah, as I said, I'm super grateful because I'm obviously be successful and 
Uh, I'm just really looking forward to obviously getting underway and getting the processes in place and, and getting these kids in and helping them along their way. And I imagine your role is obviously, you know, statewide, so you'll be still living at home in Lonnie, but sort of down this end of the state, down in Burnie, wherever you need to be at times, I guess. Is that, would that be a fair assumption? Yeah, no, it's a, yeah, it's a statewide role. So, um, yeah, if we've got a talented, sort of talented kid down in Queenstown, you know, that's where I'll be at, at some stage. So, uh, yeah, statewide, um, as long as we can unearth uh, some gems along the way, it doesn't matter where they come from, uh, they're going to be given an opportunity. And I think with the with the way it's going to be set up, you know, if you don't get in as a 12-year-old, you've still got plenty of opportunity to improve and, and grow and um, come into the academy at some stage. So with, with this obviously being from 12 all the way through to to 18, uh, there's great opportunities for these kids in to hopefully one day uh, pull on the jumper in AFL or, or AFLW, whichever one it may be. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be it's going to be tough, but one I'm super excited for. Brad, congrats on the role, mates. Uh, I don't think they could have found a, a better candidate. So well done on the on the on the uh, on the announcement of that, and well done the AFL Taz in selecting you as well. I'm sure a thorough uh, recruitment process. Um, one of the you you reference one of the, the the challenges and the hard parts of your role is you know identifying twelve and thirteen year old kids who uh, are talented at the moment. You know the the challenge obviously is how do you how do you forecast that talent at sixteen, seventeen, eighteen to be you know um, draft eligible? Yeah, no, thanks, mate. Um, yeah, I guess I guess the thing which is I guess like those real young children is. Um, you know, some of, some of the kids that are well, more well-developed are potentially going to be the better players at that real age group. And you might have the kids who go into their bodies that when, as they turn 15, 16, um, they start to really show their talent. And, um, you know, even like being born at the start of the year and the back end of the year has a massive difference, especially with that young age group. So, uh, yeah, obviously identifying those talents early um, might not be the kids that are in there at 16, 17. We, we just don't know. So it's just about making sure that we're... Crossing our eyes and you know, um, crossing our T's and dotting eyes, I should say, and, and making sure that we, you know, we never pigeonhole any kids. And you know, if they're not going so well at twelve, thirteen, um, you know, we don't we don't put a mark through them and, and we keep an eye on them and and you know, hopefully they can keep improving and stuff like that. But that's what the academy's for: get them in and um, sort of give them some really high level coaching across the state to, um, yeah, give them the best chance at realising their dreams. That's that's really what it's for. So. Um, yeah, it's, going to be, it's obviously interesting, but it's going to be a full process the whole way through, yeah. and um, yeah, no kids are going to be out of it, that's for sure. In in, in addition to that, um, I mean, some of the challenges across that age group at the moment are that it's been taken way too seriously with the you know, under-12 and under-13 teams training twice a week from early October, implementation of running plans and dietitians and the like at, at club level. How do you how do you balance that from an academy perspective to ensure that this is fun and that kids stay in the game? You know, I guess and, and basketball is is one I've known many super talented basketballers identified that ten or eleven they get to sixteen and seventeen and they've trained three nights a week for you know five years as a kid and uh, and they quit. Um, how do you how, how do you how do you find the right balance and what would your message be to clubs um, around that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's a great question and. Um, I think I think from our point of view, it's all about this academy is about fundamental skills. That's that's what the basis of it. So, you know, it's not it's not about getting the kids in and trying to get them running and all that sort of stuff. Like, yes, that will come as they progress through. But especially when we talk about these younger age groups, it is really about developing their fundamental skills of, of the game. So, being able to kick the ball, being able to handball the ball, being able to mark the ball, being able to pick the ball off the ground. That's what it's about. So, 
all our, all our training and stuff like that's going to be really based around that real fundamental skill. So they're not going to be coming in and, you know, running 10Ks or, you know, hitting the gym or anything like that. It's about teaching them the fundamentals of the game. So when they do progress through to, you know, once they get to the 16s and start going away for carnivals and uh, all the way through the, the devil's programs at those tough ages, they have those real fundamental skill sets that they just, you know, they're, they're able to execute that and then the, the running and the fitness and all that education and nutrition and stuff like that, that comes into it later. So it's a progression thing the whole way through. Um, and obviously, hopefully by doing that, they don't get that burnout through through those younger years and they really develop those skills to make sure they're the best player they can be. You've probably found yourself in a position too, and I, I would imagine knowing you reasonably well, you wouldn't have a political bone in your body, but... You're now in a position now as one of the first employers of the Tassie footy team, a current player of the North Lonnie Footy Club, who've been a little bit, um, what's the right word to put, questionable in terms of the team, no, the stadium. I would say honest. Te- well, whatever it is, they've, they've, they've um, had some question marks about it all. The Tassie, um, the TSL, and you can understand why. You know, they've been a powerhouse for such a long time. You know that this is the rally. Is you're going to be almost a bit of a a pacifier, and, and as you come towards the end of this TSL journey and the and the new stages moving forward, um, unfortunately, young man, you're going to have a big role in that. And I, I think you're the right person to do it because you, you've seen it all, haven't you? And so for the future of the North Lonnie Footy Club and the, and the Northern competitions and the competitions in Tassie in general, um, that's going to be something that, although not your job you're going to be something very dear to you to make sure it all sort of works out so footy keeps improving and ultimately getting better and more kids playing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's going to be a tricky transition. And um, I think I think at the end of the day, we all just have to accept that's the way we're going and, and find the way and the best way to go forward. And I know that we've obviously put some things in place with obviously me moving on about how we can safeguard our, our club and, and how we can potentially move back to the NTFA and make sure our club's going to be as strong as possible. Um, you know, that, that's obviously where I am in, inside the four walls in North Launceston and hopefully the other, you know, Launceston and these type of clubs are, are doing the same things and the, and the clubs that have applied to come up to the Premier League of the NTFA and, the, you know, all that sort of stuff that they're trying to do the best thing that they can do to make sure their clubs are as strong as possible. And I've said this the other day and I, I, I truly believe it, that everyone has the same intention for, uh, for Tasmanian football. We all want it to be strong. We all want it to be prosperous and um, as strong as possible. How we get there, obviously other people, heaps of people have different opinions. That's, that, that's just always going to be the way. But at the end of the day, we all want the same thing. So let's just you know, that's right. try and work together as best as possible and um, just try and find the best outcome to make sure we're as strong as possible. And you know, that, that's the end goal. So yeah, a lot of work to do, but yeah, no, I think everything, everyone's up for it. And, yeah, just hopefully we can really work some things out to make sure that you know, every football club's strong and sustainable and we get a good product and we don't lose kids to other sports and you know, we can make football the number one sport in the, in the state. One, one of the, the, the challenges, I guess, and, and David um, did his best to, to reference this, you, know, you, you were quoted as saying that regional footy isn't the answer when you, know, you didn't have this role and you're, you know, you're obviously heavily aligned to, to North Launceston. How does, how does regional footy and, and the shift to that impact the talent production line? Can, can you see um, challenges in your new role and the shift to, to, to regional footy impacting your ability to be able to uh, develop kids? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's just going to be all about education for those for those clubs at, at those lower levels to hopefully try and get them up to, to some standards. So I think a lot of education and personal development for, for people at uh, those footy clubs to 
obviously bringing them up to to that standard. But when we talk about my role and, and the junior pathway, uh, there'll be a lot of work put into you know those clubs and their junior pathways about how they can obviously make sure their their processes are as as, um, as strong as possible. And uh, there'll be a lot of work with myself and other people to obviously give them the tools and the resources they need to upskill themselves. So, you know, when these kids are at club training, uh, they're getting some really strong messaging um, and, you know, we're trying to line up as best as possible and uh, make sure they're getting, you know, the, what they need from, from their club as long as, as well as the academy. So I don't think so. I think, I think um, we can really work on it, but that's why, that's why they've uh, invested in, in these pathways and these academies. So um, we owe it to that to obviously give these other clubs as well the, the best possibility or the best possible chance to upskill themselves and, and come along with a journey. Brilliant, mate. I, I think you're an amazing appointment and I think you're the, the obvious one and I don't have the inside knowledge and who else was going for the job, etc. but well done to you. And it's a big job. Um, but as we all start this journey to the, towards the Tassie footy teams, there's no better person to do it. Bradley Cox, good year. Thanks for joining us, mate. No worries. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks, Brad. We'll go to a break and come back and wrap up the first hour.